Hello and welcome back to the Nash and Pine Sports Chat. We are back from our holiday hiatus. I'm your host, Wilson Times sports reporter Andrew Schnitker. Joining me is sports editor Paul Durham. We've got uh, we've got some gaps to fill in here, Paul. We've got some Christmas tournaments to talk about, some conference play to look ahead to. There's a lot going on. Yeah, first podcast of 2023. We made it! That's right. We're already... What four days into 2023? That's crazy oh, to me. Man. But years going by so fast. It is. But we are coming off the Ferris and Thomas Holiday Tournament last week. It was another um, you know fun event. Some clutch performances. Some tight games. Southern Nash boys won that tournament in the championship game against Hunt on a buzzer beater three pointer from Thomas Copeland. We both got our predictions for that boys' tournament right in terms of Southern Nash beating Hunt and Jordan Vick, who had 29 points the first game, 10 points the second game, winning MVP. Southern Nash, second year in the tournament, first visitor to win it, or first boys' visitor to win it since I believe CB Acock in 1994, before I was born. Yes, been a long time, um, but in that time, well, I don't know, since then there's been some others, but for the most part it's just been three teams, Green Central, Smithfield, Selma, and now Southern Nash as the guest school in the Christmas term. But, but yeah, what a great tournament by Jordan Vick and Southern Nash. He even didn't think he was going to get MVP. I guess he thought his uh, teammate Thomas Copeland was going to get it for hitting the uh, game-winning three-pointer at the buzzer, or almost at the buzzer. But what an exciting finish for the boys' game. Um, as good as it gets, I think, for the Christmas tournament. Yeah, Tom Ham was on hand to chronicle that one. I know he was excited. I got to see a great game in the girls' championship. We were both right about the matchup between Bettingfield and Fike. A uh, rubber match between those two, two of the top girls' teams in the area. It was a good game, a back-and-forth game. The lead was never more than eight. Uh, I got it wrong. I had Fike winning and Jamaria Freeman getting MVP. You got it right. You had Bettingfield winning with Denisha Briggs getting MVP, which she did. She put up 28 points in both the games that Bettingfield played, both against in the semifinal against Southern Nash and the championship game against Fike. And that kind of just adds to her Bettingfield legacy. I mean, I think you were saying the other day, you, you can't really be an uh, all-time great from this area unless you win a Christmas tournament MVP. Yeah, and this was Denisha's uh, senior year and last chance to get it done. So I, I went with her and she got it done. Jamaria Freeman and Jewel Brewington are both sophomores at fight. They will have chances to win Christmas tournaments for sure. I think those two will get a Christmas tournament, and I'm going to say – was, I mean, they both played really, really well. I think um, Jamaria had a little bit better production. I'm going to say Jamaria is definitely going to have one of those before her fight career is done. Yeah, for sure. But, hey, what about the the one of probably the best individual performance yeah. of the tournament was Hunt's Kayla Haley. She scored, what, 70 points 70 in two points games? in two games. The, the loss to Fike, she had 39, and then Hunt beat Southern Nash fairly handily in the third place game, and she had 31. Yeah, that's, I mean... I don't think we were quite able to ascertain if that's a tournament record, but if it's not, it's got to be close. Yeah, I did have to do a lot of digging through some archives to figure that one out, but it might be worth it to check it out because that was that was kind of unexpected. Kayla's a pretty good player. I think she's been all tournament twice and, yeah. um, and all, certainly all conference in the past, but, man, she just really uh, – put up uh, big numbers in that tournament and if she can keep it up then we'll see if Hunt can turn it around but yeah what the whole tournament was a lot of fun this year 
Yeah, it was. No, Beddingfield put on a great show out there. Um, some good hospitality rooms, some good local eats. You know, the first night. Yeah, let, let's get the real. We, we had here. we had Parker's barbecue. Um, Can't some go wrong with that. Some sandwiches, wings, hush puppies. You know, you you have your typical uh, table full of assorted two liter sodas. I was not there the second night because I was in uh, at the John Wall covering Greenfield, but I did inquire. And I was told that it was pizza and spaghetti from Pizza Inn. Oh. So that, that's that's a quality. And the last night was really good. It was hamburger steaks wow. and um, this like barbecue chicken type deal with like cheese and peppers and onions on it and mashed potatoes and green beans from Bill's Grill right across the street wow. from us. But I will say... They get dinged a little bit because none of there were no desserts on any no of the desserts. nights. No cookies, no brownies, no. You know, you do a hospitality room. You got to have at least, you know, at least a little dessert table. Even if you just want to do like, like some Oreos and you know those like store bought like sugar cookies with the icing on them. Like oh, you got yeah. you got you got to do a little little something. So I'm. I'm, I'm taking a few points off for that. Yeah, you can't just go with the tea. The sweet tea is the sweet in the meal. It's not. That's not completely getting it done. So, yeah. but hey, it's uh, you got to give positive points for all the uh, local businesses that catered to the exactly. Christmas yeah. tournament. Yeah, exactly. You got and so, I said so the, what and they was had the Mountain. John Wall ho- Holiday Invitational Hospitality Room like? You know, to be honest with you, I don't. It's weird the way they have it set up. I don't know if there was one or, like, I know in the media workroom for, like, the morning games, they do biscuits and donuts from Rise in Raleigh, which is, if you're ever in Raleigh and you want something to eat in the morning, Rise is really, really good. It's not that far from where my parents live. We pick it up sometimes. But by the time I get there for the Greenfield game at 2, there's, like, nothing left. I really didn't get much to eat at the John Wall. So, so, in other words, if you got the early game, you're rewarded. If you get the later games, you're just... Yeah, I mean, there might there might have been yourself. a hospitality room out somewhere else, but, I mean, it was, like, two. I'd already had lunch. I didn't really try that hard. I was going to dinner after. I didn't really try that hard to find one. You didn't ask Brian Hanks for the secret password to get in the secret media hospitality room? No, I, <laughs> no, 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 no. But I will say, you know, the John Wall, they have a great setup out there, um... Brian Hanks and Charlie, I'm sorry, I can't remember what his last name is, that put that on, do a really good job, take really good care of us, make sure that, you know, we have everything we need in terms of stats and interviews and all that. So, no, covering the John Wall is always a good time. Yeah, and you had everything you needed. Greenfield did not have what they needed in the John Wall. A couple of tough losses to some really good teams. But that's, I mean, you look at, like... Then beat Raleigh Christian for the second time in three meetings this year. Yeah, avenge their, uh, fully avenge their season-opening loss to... But, I mean, you look at the the teams that... I mean, especially, like, the team that I saw combine. I mean, that team had some big dudes and, like, some... Like, their point guard is already committed to USC, and, I mean, they've got, like three or four guys at least on the team that have offers and interests and are going to end up playing at, you know, big-time colleges. So Wait, he's going to Southern California? Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Well, you know, Coach Rob Sauter told me, you know, they were, you know, they're ranked number one in the state. They're, I'm not exactly sure what Combine Academy is in terms of academics. They're, uh, they're not even, I think they're just a complete independent team. They're freelance, plays, yeah. Yeah, that plays other – highly ranked teams from around the country. Um, so make of that what you will. But, you know, I think Coach Sauter, and, you know, then the loss to Cannon School Tills, a 30-point loss, he, he was really more perturbed with his own team's play. As he said, we could have played the best we could have played. We still might have lost a combine by 15 or 20. They're really good. 
but I feel like if we had played as good as we could, we probably wouldn't have lost like that. He said, but we didn't come close to it. So, I, you know, John Wall's a different animal. You know, it's it's a big-time environment. You really feel like you're under a, a, a microscope in that gym. Everybody's on top of you, and, you know, everybody's sort of craning their neck to see who's there in the crowd. So it's a lot bigger, uh, a different environment than the Greenfield Christmas tournament, which is what the Knights were coming off of uh, well, going into that. Well, and keep in mind, a lot of these guys for Greenfield played in the John Wall last year, but the John Wall last year was at Wake Tech because of COVID concerns. Yeah. This is the first year it was back at Broughton since, I believe, 2019, and so this is the first time pretty much anybody on Greenfield's team has played in that environment at Broughton, which you're right, that is... It is just with the way the gym and everything is set up over there. It's a completely different feel. Yeah, I'm I'm sure some things had uh, something to do with their performance. You know that that have to do with the game being played at Holiday Gymnasium. But I think the biggest key for Greenfield is to kind of just forget about the John Wall and take take their mistakes and learn from them. Obviously, but not to read too much into it. All these games that they're playing, they got another showcase this weekend in Washington. They're all geared towards that last, you know, three weeks of the season in February. So yeah, exactly. And you know, speaking of teams that have played in some showcases to help get them ready, you know, Wilson Prep boys went and played in a Christmas tournament over in Durham, and um, you know, they played in some in the non-conference, and it's paid off for them in conference play. I mean, those guys are, you know, we talked about, you know, seeing what they might have. Lost a lot of guys from last year's team. Those guys are 4-0 and in conference play. I was out there last night. They beat Weldon by 40. They looked really impressive. They were getting out in transition, working the ball inside, working it around, setting up some threes. I mean, you got, you know, guys like Leslie Minter and Brandon Anderson and Makai Eatman playing really well. So I think that there's a good chance that that Wilson Prep team is going to win another Tar Roanoke Athletic Conference team or championship this year and be right in place for potentially another deep run into those 1A state playoffs. Yeah, they, they've already gotten past the biggest hurdle, which is at North Edgecombe to just start off conference play, and they yeah. won that game. So if they can hold the home court against the Warriors, they, they should be looking pretty good. I guess Northampton County is just another team that could give them fits. Um, we'll see how it works out. But, I mean, if you're a 1A team and North Carolina's pretty good, you're going to get beat up on the way to the playoffs. You have to because you're going to have to play a lot of teams that are bigger or way outside the association, and that's what Anthony Atkinson's doing. He's throwing his team to the wolves early on. Go play the toughest teams we can schedule and see what happens. And um, like you said, when they get in the Roanoke, there's not going to be teams that are, are the level of Farmville Central or Greenfield or – you know, the uh, 6A team from Florida that they played in Durham or the other team from Maryland that they played that they lost by 30 points to, it's going to be um, a lot a lot more uh, on their level, I think, when you get into the Tar-Roanoke. It's also like taking the, the donut off the bat a little bit. Yeah, like, yeah exactly. And then you get into uh, the playoffs. So, I mean, you know, the state playoffs, they really start in earnest, I think, in the third round. That's when you get a, re- a lot of really good matchups. So, you know, Wilson Prep, well, they made it to the fifth round last year. Um, yeah, and the so, regional final. Yeah, just one step short of getting back to the state championship. I mean, you got to put Wilson Prep in that short list of, of 1A East boys teams. I mean, yeah. how could you not? Yeah, and unfortunately, I don't think that's gonna the same is going to be the case for the girls this year. I got a chance to see them last night, too. You know, it's really been with pretty much a brand-new team under head coach Mike Ward. 
it's been a struggle. They're 0-6 now. But, I, you know, I talked to Mike Ward. It's just a lot of inexperience. I mean, I think there's four people back who were on the team last year. None of them starters, and most of the team is ninth graders who are new to basketball. So, you know, he's really just trying to teach them, help them get better. But, you know, in talking with him last night, he's seen some encouraging signs, and he thinks they're starting to get there, and hopefully, you know, some wins are going to come soon. Well, you know, the thing about inexperienced teams, they get a little bit more experience every game. Right. Every practice, every game. But help is on the way for the Lady Tigers, and her name is Amaya Barnes, an eighth grader who is scoring like crazy for those – Lady Tigers of head coach Josh Dixon. They just won two tournaments yeah, they in had December. A, they had a very merry Christmas over there for the Wilson Prep Middle School girls basketball team. Yeah, so and you know Wilson Prep has had a good girls basketball tradition since they started in the cask years ago. Remember Trinity Mobley? She was the queen of the quadruple double back in those days. So they're definitely got uh, a history. So I mean, you know, give it time. I think the the Lady Tigers will be back. I'm real excited to see what Amaya Barnes is going to do in high school. Um, to be honest with you, she could probably play for them right now and be their top scorer. Yeah, you can't do that at can't the NCHSAA no. like you can at uh, like a Wilson Christian or Greenfield or Community Christian. That's but. right. Yeah, she traded a year of eligibility and said, don't want to do that. But, yeah, all is not lost. And I think, you know, we talked about this too. In that Tarono conference, there are winnable games for Wilson Prep girls. Well, I, think- I guarantee you they're going to win probably three, four, five. Who knows? Yeah, they're playing Warren County this Friday. I think Warren County is Warren County's one and five in conference play, so yeah, that's a game yeah. you can win. I mean, yeah, they're definitely winnable games for Wilson Prep girls. So hopefully that's gonna come in because you know after a while you really need to win a game if you're out there playing. Losing sucks all the time. Yeah. Looking ahead at the uh, Quad County Conference, you know we talked about Hunt and Fike and what they both did in that Christmas tournament last week. Quad County Conference play starts in earnest now, I believe, pretty much the rest of the way. It's all conference games for everybody. Fike started the conference-only portion of its schedule, the Fike Girls, with a 64-4 win over Smithfield-Selma. That's the only painful only conference game Hunt's won so far. They lost to Southern Wayne last, last night. Um, the, you know, the Southern Wayne last year was undefeated, won that conference, but... Looking at some of the games that Southern Wayne's played, I don't know that you know. I'm just looking at scores, but I think Fike's got a chance to dethrone the Saints this year. I mean, I think when the Demons are clicking with that Brewington Freeman duo, there's not a whole lot of teams in this conference that are going to be able to stand up to them. Yeah, and they've got plenty of other pieces. Um, you know, Avery Lentz obviously is a good post player. You've got Jaleel Daniels, Connie Pleasant, Connie Pleasant, Misha Strickland. I mean, you got a lot of decent parts to, to go around that dynamic backcourt combination, sophomores, uh, Jamaria and Jewel, J&J girls. And so, I mean, look, I I know Southern Wayne won it last year, but if I had to pick right now and I'm and I'm picking, I'm going to pick Fike to win that Quad County Girls Conference. Yeah. Boys is a little bit up in the air, though, because uh, Hunt won it last year, and the Warriors are still trying to find themselves. I think Dwight Taylor said – by the Christmas tournament, I think we'll be, you know, we'll, we'll know where we are. And, and obviously, Hunt's going to be a tough team. I mean, they, you know, they they had Southern Nash beat a good, really good Southern Nash team that hadn't lost, and um, you know, gave up a three pointer right at the buzzer. 
So we'll see how the Warriors do, but they've already lost a conference game to ACOC, which may be the team to beat in that conference this year. Yeah, ACOC, I think, has got a really good team. You've got those Prince brothers, Cam and DJ, who were really good for them last year. Both really good football players. You've got Daniel Frederick, who's a good football player, good athlete, playing basketball. I think he told me for the first time since middle school. Um, you know, yeah, that conference is really interesting because you still have Hunt. I mean, like, I still think Hunt's going to make some noise in the end. And, you know, they're playing East Wake at home on Friday. That That's last, a big one. They last, lost last, that game last year. They, they lost that game last year. And that, the, the home game. The, the home game and the conference essentially ended up coming down to Hunt and East Wake. There was a game the last week of the season at East Wake that Hunt won that ended up being, because there were no conference tournaments last year, the de facto conference championship game. So East Wake was right there. You know, I think there'll be some others. I think, you know, Fike has struggled for the most part so far. They did beat Smithfield Selma last night. But, I mean, you look at Fike. Winless Smithfield Selma. Winless Smithfield Selma. <laughs> but, you like, you look at Fike and some of the pieces that they've got, they should be better, that I think, than they've shown. And, I, you know, I think there's still a chance for them to put it together and make some noise. So, I, I don't think the Quad County is going to be like last year when Hunt, you know, other than the challenge from East Wake, pretty much ran roughshod over the conference. I mean, because it's that's the funny thing is like they beat they won they only ended up winning the conference by like one or two games over East Wake, but pretty much all their conference wins they blew everybody out of the water last year. It's not going to be yeah, like that and, this and year. And they blew East Wake out in the second game too. I mean, yeah. it, wasn't, it wasn't close. The first game they just lost that one, but East Wake didn't lose any other games other than the Hunt. Um, so it, it ended up. Uh, well, actually, I think they did lose one other game. Yeah, because I think East Wake ended up with two losses yeah, yeah, and Hunt that, with one. Because yeah, Hunt was the undisputed champion. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be a big mix. And I, I don't think the Warriors are quite where Coach Taylor hoped they would be right now. But they're definitely getting there. And, I mean, it's going to take a while. They went through a lot of turmoil early in the season. Um, you know, they had Dayton Sutton who decided to not play. So he was out. Dayton was going to be a big part of that team if you play with them. With them. Um, but they uh, – you know, and they got young guys, and they're trying to sort of find their way. They lost a lot of people from last year's team, so it's it's just a matter of getting all those pieces working together at the same time, and you know, building some confidence. Because right now they've they've taken some big hits. They've lost two games they could easily won: Southern Nash and Southern Durham, at yeah. the uh, Wilson Prep Showcase. So, and those would have been pretty good wins for Hunt. Yeah, but those I mean, those are the kind of games that, in theory, should make you better. By the end of the year, the last uh, conference that is really yet to start up for us in this area, the new six, you know, smaller conference. They don't have to get conference play started quite as early as everybody else. Beddingfield has actually, each team's going to play one more non-conference game this week. Beddingfield's got Aiden Grifton at home on Thursday. Then next week they start up in new six play. I think, you know, the girls, the Beddingfield girls won the conference last year. You look at them this year with Denisha and other people like Pinky Marshall and TJ Harris playing really well. They were both on the all-tournament team. Bettingfield's 10-1. and I, I think you got to consider the Bettingfield girls a pretty heavy favorite to win that conference if again. If you don't, you're like not paying attention. Bettingfield's got to be the favorite. I know North Johnston girls are unbeaten, and Coach Jay Poole's got a good group over there. They just won the Johnstonian News Holiday Invitational again. They've never not won it since it's been that tournament's been called that for three out of four years. But they're not playing the same level of competition that uh, Bettingfield's played so far against, you know, Fike. And, That's um, Bettingfield's only loss is Fike. Yeah, I mean. yeah. And so, 
um, you know, I expect to have some. I mean, Princeton's a pretty good program in that conference. Um, you never know what Eastern Wayne's going to bring up on the girls' side. But, yeah, I mean, you got to think that Bettingfield's, you know, things go the way they should. They should go 10-0 and again, right? Because nobody should beat them in that conference, I wouldn't think. Yeah, yeah, you never know. The boys, you know, it's going to be a tougher road. I think they're definitely – I mean, they've already won – Twice as many games as they won, won last year. They're four and seven. They beat Fike in the third place game. They're, I mean, they've won. You know, they've got. They went three and two against Hunt and Fike, so they've got. You know, that's a that's a big deal for the Bruins. They they won more games against Hunt and Fike this year than they won at all. Yeah. Last year, they they're gonna start conference play. You know, out of the frying pan and into the fire because their first conference game is Tuesday at home against Goldsboro, who I think is probably the favorite to win that boys conference again. Yeah, they, um, they're they definitely, at what every coach I've talked to's uh, opinion is the team to beat. Eastern Wayne's pretty good. And then, hey, look, you got North Johnson. They've only lost one game. They've got this sophomore, Marcel Freeman, one of the top five scorers in the state. He's averaging, uh, I think, well, he scored 20, uh, 27, and he averaged 27 and a half points in the two wins in the Christmas tournament there, uh, leading the Panthers to the championship for the second year in a row. He was the MVP for the second year in a row. But, man, he's, he's a talented player. He's only six feet. He's just a shooter. He's just a scorer. And they've got some good other players, Jalen Sumler, um, you know, they, they've got the pieces to challenge and certainly contend for playoff. I don't know that they've got the height to handle Goldsboro's big man. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're in the mix. That new six boys is going to be pretty interesting. It, it, even if Goldsboro goes unbeaten, the rest of the slots are going to be pretty interesting. So I feel like Bettingfield is certainly a chance to contend and get to the postseason this year, which is pretty amazing considering where they were last year. Yeah, kind of as uh, like we talked about, kind of similar to what happened with the football team in terms of, you know, the steps forward that we're seeing from them and the step that they could take in their conference. They've got, you know, some good pieces, some guys who have stepped up like Asen Pender and Tavon Edwards. Um, you know, a lot, I mean, really, it, you know, it's kind of been by committee. There's been a lot of different guys already this year that have had big games for the Bruins. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with them. And we'll, we'll end it with a, uh, a local record chase that you wanted to update us on. Yes, we talked last week, Southwest Edgecombe girls coach Sandra Langley, who became the all-time winningest girls basketball coach in North Carolina history way back in 2014, is three wins away from tying former Elm City and Fike High and Douglas High legend Harvey Reed Jr., the late Harvey Reed Jr., who finished his career with 818 victories. Coach Langley's got 815 after her. Lady Cougars won their Edgecombe County Holiday Classic. It's looming. It's right there. There's it's, At some point, there's not going to be anybody left for Sandra to catch. I guess there's the all-time boys in North Carolina, Freddie Johnson of Greensboro Day, whose team's probably played 40 games a year for the last 20 years, said Freddie's got over 1,000, maybe over 1,100. I haven't checked lately. It's going to be hard to catch him. But, yeah, I mean, you know, for this area right here, the teams that we've covered, and I remember Coach Reed was at Fike when I was in high school and beyond, um, to have the two all-time winningest coaches is pretty special. So we'll keep you updated on that. Um, she's four wins away, folks. Uh, it's possible it could come as early as next week, but all things being equal, even Coach Langley knows it's going to be hard for her Cougars to beat North Pitt. Yeah. Um, tonight, so it might be four more wins after that. So we'll try to keep you updated on that. 
Yeah, we'll keep and we'll keep you updated on everything when we come back next week. I think that's going to do it for us this week. Again, you can find this podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. Encourage you to subscribe to the Wilson Times, read all our stories. But until then, that will do it for us this week. Thank everyone for listening. Goodbye.